Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis chapter 8 about the meaning of Noah's name and the Bible's first mention of the word sweet and what is so special about the meaning of those two words. Don't forget to support this Bible teaching radio program, Friendship with God. You can donate online at friendshipwithgod.org as well as donate to support the messages that are free online and to getting the gospel out to Jewish people. You can all be done at friendshipwithgod.org. Lots of free resources. And again, free messages available there free because of your support of this Bible teaching radio program. And continue supporting it till we can continue on this station in your city. Support us at friendshipwithgod.org. Or you can call us for more information or to support us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. You can also write in with your donation to P.O. Box 711-330. That's P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. So I'll say it again. It's P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California, 92071. Just write into Friendship with God or send in your support to Friendship with God or Israel Restoration Ministries. We are doing our summer blitz and we need your support of getting the gospel out to the Jewish people. So support us. Now here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, on Friendship with God. Lord, we come to you this morning and ask you to speak to our hearts and to quiet our hearts, and to give us a sense, Lord, of of great expectation, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Genesis chapter 8, and starting in verse 17. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle and of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth and his sons and his wife and his son's wife with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, every fowl that whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds went forth out of the ark. And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, neither will I again smite any more every living thing as I have done. While the earth remaineth seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Now if you look to next chapter starting verse 8. And God spake unto Noah and to his sons with him, saying, And I... Behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you and with every living thing that is with you of the fowl of the cattle and of every beast of the earth with you from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the field. And I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood. Neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth 
that the bow shall be seen in the cloud, and I will remember my covenant which is between me and you, and every living creature of all flesh, and the water shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, This is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. All right, now, in our last study, we saw the great importance of this verse that we started off here, which is verse 17, where it says, Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of all flesh. Those words are a description of Noah's life work. Noah's life work was to be able to hear those and to be able to do, to be able to bring forth with him every living creature that was with him of all flesh. Now, Noah lived for that day when he'd be able to do that. And the history of Noah, as we saw, started in Genesis 5.29, and it's going to end, eventually it will end, I guarantee you. It will end in Genesis 10.1. And it's a history of Noah that in Genesis 6.12, very soon after the start of Noah's history, Genesis 6.12, God used there two words together as a term that will become, and that's the first time God used those two words together, that will become in Scripture two very, very important words. And I don't know if you noticed, but those two words occurred six times in the passage that we just read. Anybody know what those two words are? Want to take a guess? It's not and God. (laughs) Yes, it's all flesh. Those are the two words, very, very important words. In Hebrew, the word for all is kol, and the word for flesh is basar. So it reads kol basar. There is a very well-known Hebrew sign that Orthodox Jews look for on a business with the Hebrew letters. And my father, my grandparents, they couldn't find this Hebrew sign in their city of Petersburg, Virginia. As a matter of fact, they couldn't find this sign anywhere in Virginia. And if they wanted to see the sign, they had to travel all the way to Maryland, where there was an old Jewish community for a long time. And that Hebrew sign reads, Basar Kasher. You know what that means? Yeah, kosher flesh, kosher meat. But with Noah, we have the start of this very, very important term, kol basar, old flesh. So starting with Noah, this term, kol basar, continues all the way through the Bible, from the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament. And it has a very particular, a very specific, a very important meaning. And we're going to see why this term, all flesh or kolbasar, starts with Noah. It's because of what happened in Noah's life did not just affect himself, but it affected all flesh or kolbasar. As a matter of fact, it's very important to identify the all flesh or kolbasar verses in the Bible. It's very important to see when this was first used in the history of Noah, and that was in Genesis 6.12, as I mentioned, where it said, God looked upon the earth, remember this verse, and behold, it was corrupt. And then he said, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Now that's the first all flesh, or Colbasar verse in the Bible. And from there we find many verses that use that term after that. In fact, 
to correctly understand the Bible, we must see and understand the all flesh kolbasar versus the Bible. We must see the all flesh kolbasar statements in the Bible and the all flesh kolbasar doctrines of the Bible. For example, in Genesis 6.12, where we saw how when God wanted to make a statement that affects all of mankind or that is for all of mankind, he used this term, all flesh, kolbasar. All flesh had corrupted his way. And here we see how the term all flesh or Colbasar refers to a universality. It is something that encompasses all of mankind. This verse was really saying in Genesis 6:12, all men had sinned. They had corrupted his way. All flesh or Colbasar is used to express this universality. That's why we could say Romans 3:23 is a all flesh or Colbasar Bible statement when it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We saw God use the term the second time in the Bible in the next verse after Genesis 6.12 and Genesis 6.13 where God said to Noah, the end of Kolbasar, the end of all flesh is come before me for the earth is filled with violence through them and behold I will destroy them with the earth. And again we see in this verse how God wanted to make a statement that it's going to affect all of mankind. So he uses the term all flesh The end of all flesh is come before me. And again we see the term all flesh or kolbasar referring to a universality. Again we see that this is expressing this statement that all flesh will be destroyed apart from the ark. Revelation 20.15 is also an all flesh kolbasar statement in the Bible when it says, And whosoever was not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That verse is expressing the truth that all flesh, Kolbasar, is going to hell. And only through the exemption, only through the exception of being found written in this book of life can a person not be included in the all flesh or that are cast into the lake of fire. Now, to see this, this is uh, important. Turn to Exodus 12, 12. Because here, book Exodus chapter 12, verse 12, because Exodus 12, 12 is also an all-flesh or a Colbasar Bible statement. When it says, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, what this verse is saying is that there will be a universality of death. It's going to affect every house. And the only way to escape the only way to not be affected by this death is the next verse, Exodus twelve thirteen, where it says, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. So the only way to escape this, this all flesh or Colbasar of the firstborn was to have the blood. And God says that when he sees the blood, he'll make an exception. He'll pass over. And that's where we get the word Passover in Hebrew Pesach. It is the word that means to hop. It means to leap. And that's why the word Pesach is translated leap in 1 Kings 18.26 when the prophets of Baal were so anxious and frustrated because there was no fire coming down on Mount Carmel on their sacrifice, it says that they leaped onto their altar, and that's the word Pesach. They jumped or they hopped 
onto their altar. Instead of stepping up there, they jumped or hopped. And so that's the root meaning. God says that all the flesh of the firstborn would be destroyed unless they had this skip-over exemption, this hop-over exemption, and the family had to have that, and the basis of that was blood. Other places in the Bible where we see all flesh, the concept continued, is in Leviticus 17, 14, where it says the life of all flesh, kol basar, is the blood. And Psalm 65, 2, where God has said, O thou that hearest prayer unto thee shall all flesh, kol basar, come. In Psalm 136, 25, God is identified as the one who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endureth forever. Isaiah 45 says, And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh, kol basar, shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. In Isaiah 49, 26, it says that all flesh shall know that I, the Lord, am thy Savior and thy Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. We'll return with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, on Friendship with God in just a moment. We'd like to encourage you to sign up for Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse. It's available for free, signing up with your email by going to friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also donate online at friendshipwithgod.org to support this Bible teaching radio program. You can also call us now or after the program with your support and donation at 800-247-3051, It'll help us to continue airing on this station in your city. You can also call us for a free gift for a lost Jewish friend that you know that needs to be reached with the gospel. Tom Cantor and Israel Restoration Ministries will give you a free gift to reach your lost Jewish friend, and that's made available by your donations and your support, but we'll provide that free if you have a lost Jewish friend that needs to be reached with the gospel. Call us at 800-247-3051. And in Jeremiah thirty-two twenty-seven, it says, For I am the Lord, the God of Kolbasar, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? In Luke 3, 6, in the New Testament, it says, And Kolbasar, all, all flesh shall see the salvation of God. And in John 17, 2, where the Lord in his high priestly prayer said, As thou hast given him power over Kolbasar, over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And Acts 2, 17, it will come to pass in the last days, saith the Lord, that I will pour out my spirit upon Kolbasar, all flesh. And 1 Peter 1, 24, where he's talking about flesh, he says, For all flesh is as grass, and the glory of man is the flower of grass. So the all flesh, or kolbasar, verses, the statements, the doctrines of the Bible, are very important because they are statements that are for all men. And the verse that we're looking at right now in Genesis eight seventeen, when it says, Bring forth with thee of every living thing that is with thee of all flesh, here Noah is told to bring forth of or from or representative of all flesh. That means to be taken out of all flesh. That's exactly the concept behind what the Lord Jesus Christ does when he brings forth the saved and they're spoken of, that's another all flesh or Colbasar Bible statement in Revelation 5, 9, where they sing a new song to him saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, hast redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of 
every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. So those who were redeemed are spoken of out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. It's the same type of description as we have here in Genesis 8, 17. They were of all flesh that came out. Now we said that this is a very key verse for Noah when he says here, bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee. So as Noah brought this life out of the ark, they were described and we've seen this before, as the ones who were with Noah. They were alive because they were with Noah. When Noah was born, his father had a very special purpose in mind for his son. And he gave that purpose, or he cast a vision for him in Genesis 5.29, when he called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us, concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. In our last study, we saw the great importance of this verse that we started off here, which is verse 17, where it says, Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee of all flesh. Those words are a description of Noah's life work. To correctly understand the Bible, we must see and understand the all flesh, Kolbasar versus the Bible. We must see the all flesh, Kolbasar statements in the Bible and the all flesh, Kolbasar doctrines of the Bible. The all flesh or Kolbasar versus the statements, the doctrines of the Bible are very important because they are statements that are for all men. So Noah's great grandfather was Enoch. He was a man who walked with God and it was very difficult to walk with God during that time. Because that was a world that where a believer was tired and exhausted because the believer was surrounded with murderers, surrounded with violent men, surrounded with profane men, surrounded with godless men. So it was just exhausting and tiring. And beside the fact, Noah's father was a farmer and he wasn't evidently having an easy time with his crops. So, so Noah's father just yearned for relief. He yearned for some rest from this. He yearned for some comfort from all this. So when he was born, he gave him the name Noah, which comes from a Hebrew word, which it means this. That's what the word means. It means to sigh. It means to just to breathe deeply, like in relief. And that was the vision that he cast for him when he said, this same shall bring us relief from a rest from all this. So when those people got off the ark, They looked at Noah and they said, you really did live up to your name. You really did bring us rest and comfort from the way that the earth was or was heading. And so Noah then was seen as they got off the ark as the rest giver. He was seen clearly that way. As you stood back and you looked at the flood and you saw the ark on the flood, and that flood was a catastrophe, an absolute disaster. The flood was a death machine. It was consuming and killing and there was dying and so forth. But what it says about the ark in um, Genesis seven eighteen is it says, the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth. And then it says, and the ark went upon the face of the earth. And that word went is the word walked. That's the same word that God commanded Abraham when he said, walk out of Ur of the Chaldees. He goes, walk, walk, go, leave. And so the picture here is that as death and turmoil are all around the ark, the ark is just walking over death. 
It's walking over all of this is taking place because Noah had given them rest from the death and the turmoil under and around the ark. He was a rest giver. Noah was like the Lord Jesus Christ in that sense from Matthew 8, 11, 28, where he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Come, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. So Noah is like the Lord Jesus Christ from those verses. People today are worn out. People today are exhausted. People today are looking for rest. But they don't know the kind of rest they really need. They think they need body rest. And so if they can just go to this Hawaiian resort or this Fiji resort or someplace, that they're going to find rest. But the rest they need is not a rest of the body. The rest they need is a rest for their soul because their soul is restless with sin. The soul is restless with the fear of what's going to happen to them after death. The soul is restless with the fear of standing before the judge. The soul is restless because it doesn't have the peace of God. It's not their restless bodies that's keeping them from sleeping at night. It's their restless souls that are keeping them from sleeping at night. And soul rest is not found in a Hawaiian resort or a Fijian resort or whatever. So as believers, we don't focus on soul rest in and of itself. We don't. We don't sit down in some yoga position and try to bring ourselves into a soul rest. We don't do that. We don't try to find soul rest in and of itself. Because what Matthew eleven twenty eight tells us is that it gives us a map to soul rest. We come to the Lord Jesus Christ. We learn about the Lord Jesus Christ. We follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And he gives us soul rest. Soul rest is a gift from the Lord Jesus Christ. Soul rest is a gift. Soul rest is his gift to us. We receive soul rest when we, number one, come to him. When we, number two, learn about him. And when we, number three, follow him. That's why he said, come unto me, I'll give you rest. That's why he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me and you will find rest unto your souls. The more we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, the more we learn about the Lord Jesus Christ, the more we follow the Lord Jesus Christ, taking his yoke on us, making his mission our mission, the more we find soul rest. So just as Noah fulfilled his name as the rest giver from a world that was in turmoil from sin, so the Lord Jesus Christ is the sole rest giver from the restlessness of sin. Now we saw in our last study how in verse 20, that was the first time that the word altar was used, mitzbeach. And it's used there, and it means, as we saw last time, that altar is a place of slaughter. Altar is a place where you killed the victims. And so it says in verse 20 that Noah built this altar and he offered burnt offerings on the altar. That's also the first time that this word is used in the Bible, the word offerings. The word that was used for offerings about Abel is a different word, means something different. But here, this word offering means it comes from the root of a step, like a, a step of a ladder, something that's ascending, something that's going up, something that's rising up. And so this shows us that offering is like a prayer. 
It's like prayer. Now, prayer is not a substitute for God's required blood sacrifices, as many Jewish rabbis say today. But prayer is like an offering because they both ascend up to God. Another great day of teaching and learning the Bible and improving our friendship with God here on the Friendship with God radio program with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Now we want to encourage you to help with prayer for our upcoming Jewish evangelism outreach, which we call the Summer Blitz Campaign, where we go out to try to reach one million lost Jewish people here in the U.S. and Canada. Now we first want you to be involved with prayer. Because blindness has come in part to Israel, not in whole. So Jewish people do get saved, as did our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God, who is a born-again Jewish Christian. Now we want you to help pray for this Jewish evangelism outreach that's going to go on this entire summer from May to August. And we are, again, going around the nation to reach lost Jewish people and into Canada as well. Now, we also want you to help support these part-time Bible college students that will be going out with Israel Restoration Ministries with the good news of the gospel. And to help support Jewish people reached with the gospel at Israel Restoration Ministries, we'd like you to make a donation. And you can do that by calling us at 800 247 3051 with a donation of any amount to support the gospel going to Israel here in America, right in our own backyard, help reach lost Jewish people here in the U.S. and in Canada. Our number is 800-247-3051. You can send your money to Israel to feed them, but why not feed them spiritually first with the gospel? Call us now at 800-247-3051. 3051. Again, 800 247 3051. You can also go to our websites to learn more about Israel Restoration. It's IsraelRestoration.org. IsraelRestoration.org. And again, our main website for our Bible teaching program here, FriendshipWithGod.org. FriendshipWithGod.org. FriendshipWithGod.org or 800 247 3051. Thanks for listening.